Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Indeed, today is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. We are people of faith. We are people of conviction. Uh, we walk our faith out into the world that God so loves with joy. Um, and, and we do so seeking to impart and, and impact the world that God so loves with the message of the gospel. And so always and in all ways, you and I are gospel advancing people. We are people uh, by whose very presence the Spirit of God walks into a conversation. We are people uh, possessed of the mind of Christ who bring the mind of Christ to bear on the conversations of the day in ways that are utterly astounding and unique to other people. And so that is, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're, tr- we're, we're taking the headline news of the day. We are seeking to uh, look at those stories and uh, and what is happening not only here in the United States of America but around the world in ways that recognize that all news is local to someone and it's genuinely life-changing in those situations and environments where people are struggling desperately. And so let's be mindful today that we have a, a responsibility to be praying the news. I think of hashtag pray the news. There are often, uh, there are often, very, very often, things that pass our news feed uh, or our social media feed and we say to ourselves, I can have no influence over that or in that situation. And you're wrong. You and I have the power to influence because we have the power of prayer. And so uh, recognize that God is present and sovereign everywhere all the time. He hasn't just counted the hairs uh, of your head. He has counted the hairs of the head in people uh, on people in places you will never visit, the, their names, whose names you cannot pronounce, and whose situations uh, in life you absolutely cannot even imagine. I am thinking today about uh, the Uyghurs and the stories that we are seeing posted, um, particularly through agencies like uh, like like China Aid. And I am not just heartbroken; I am horrified. And I say to myself, um, "We have to do something. We we cannot let this go on." And and you say, I don't know who the Uyghurs are. Well, Google Uyghur and you will uh, find out exactly what I'm talking about. And then you say, you're going to say to yourself, there's nothing I can do for those people um, who are being so brutally dealt with by their own government. I, I cannot change communist China. Uh, I cannot or I do not feel like I have any influence uh, literally halfway around the world. And I will say, pray the news, pray the news, pray the news. Pray that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven in situations and circumstances that you and I can absolutely scarcely imagine. So that's going to be my encouragement on some of the news today. On other news, you and I do have the opportunity because of where we live and the freedoms we enjoy to actually engage and make a very real and maybe even radical difference. And so my conversation partner next is Justin Gibney from the AND campaign. He and I are going to reflect on Elijah Cummings and We're also going to talk a little bit about the moral arc of history, as well as the Anne Campaign's 2020 statement, 
uh, on the 2020 presidential election that was just released yesterday. All that's next here on Mornings with Carmen. Justin Gibney is back. You can find him at the word and, A-N-D, campaign.org, andcampaign.org. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter. Justin E. Gibney, welcome back. Hey, Carmen. How's it going? Well, I am well. I am well. Um, I am, I'm excited about what you're working on and the way that you are seeking to equip and lead us. And I would, I would love to start today with a conversation about Elijah Cummings. Um, mm-hmm. He's a person who some people may only know from uh, from recent appearances, you know, that that might feel to some people particularly partisan. But he is a person of deep faith uh, who has been a moral witness in Washington um, and well and has well represented his particular congressional district. So maybe you would just take a minute to reflect on the life uh, and witness of Elijah Cummings. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. I, you know, I didn't know him personally. I got a chance to watch him for it from a distance and also had some people that I look up to very much like Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner, who did know him and who had a very high opinion uh, of um, Elijah Cummings. And so Elijah Cummings was the I think since 96 he's been he was the um, congressman in um, Maryland, the Baltimore area. I think it's the the seventh district of, of Maryland. And really known for uh, number one faith, known for his civility. Um, you know, he sat on uh, the House Oversight Committee, and so you know a lot of uh, a lot of things come through there that can be quite controversial. Uh, but I think Elijah Cummings, in a very different way that we, than we see from some of the the younger uh, uh, representatives today, handled himself in a different way. He was about business. Uh, if you you talk to the people in his district, they believe that he uh, fought for them. Uh, very serious about civil rights, had fought for civil rights for years and years uh, in Baltimore, um, was from that, you know, was from that area and, and really is someone that I think is a model, uh, whether you disagree with him, or, you, you know, whether you agree with him or not, someone who is a model just of civility and taking the job seriously, uh, not 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 more more interested on in being on social media and saying provocative things, but really being substantive and, and moving uh, policy forward and moving uh, the country forward. I I have uh, just appreciated the way that he didn't hide that he was a person of faith. He was really um, propelled by his faith into the moral conversations of the day. Uh, and I think that that's a positive witness for those of us who want to bring our faith to bear in in public conversations. And we are discouraged from doing so by those who think that, you know, a separation of church and state means that people of faith are supposed to somehow put their put put their only light under a bushel and bring something else to the conversation. And so mm-hmm. I just appreciate uh, that he did not uh, he didn't shy away at all from making statements that were morally grounded in the scriptures and um, and just bringing that to bear in the politics of the day. And so I appreciate that that's, that's how you're wired as well. And so thanks just for reflecting with me about him. I'd also like to turn our attention to um, a story that I read. um, I actually read it on CNN, but it's been published elsewhere uh, that there are now three capitals in what would be, you know, absolutely recognized as the former Confederate 
South that now have black mayors. This is a pretty significant um, step forward, it feels like to me. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you you have areas um, in, you know, in Alabama, like Montgomery, I think that's one of the areas that you're talking about who have Mm -hmm. who have a lot of black constituents. Uh, But for some reason, uh, they just didn't have that representation. And I'm one who believes that that representation is very important, Um, especially in a a country where race has been such a huge issue. It's been an issue that we use to exclude people. When you use an issue to exclude people, then uh, it shows that we're being more inclusive when uh, those groups have representation. So it's something that I, I'm I'm happy to see. Uh, obviously, the substance has to come with it too. Uh, from what I understand, these are these are substantive uh, elected officials, and so I'm I'm, I'm really happy to see that uh, coming in areas of the South where you just haven't seen it since Reconstruction. Yeah, and so just for those who are uh, keeping uh, keeping notes, the the Confederacy really had three capital cities uh, at different points along the way, like actual official capitals of the Confederacy. One of them was Montgomery, Alabama. One was Richmond, Virginia, and the other was Danville, Virginia. And each one of those uh, cities now has a black mayor. And I I view that as um, you know, Justin, just as you've said, it the substance now has to follow. But these people are people of substance. So it certainly appears, and um, uh, and so just wanted to, I just wanted to highlight that. I think that when we start talking about conversations like, uh, you know, uh, Princeton Seminary has just announced it's committing something like twenty-seven million dollars to, uh, to repair uh, or attempt to repair. I think that would be the word that I would use to somehow reconcile itself uh, to its uh, slave-oriented past. Um, it'll be interesting to see how. As institutions across the country um, uh, respond, how communities respond, and how we do move forward positively from what is is just really a a horrifically sinful past. And so uh, thank you for continuing to engage that that particular conversation with me over time, because I think it's it's the uncomfortable conversation that we have to learn to have. And and you and I say this frequently, and you are the one who taught me this. I have to learn to do so non-defensively and without I, – I just have to learn how to have the conversation without immediately feeling that my whiteness is somehow attacked. I, I was born in the skin I was born in, and you were born in the skin you were born in, but we share the blood of Jesus. And so that really makes all the difference in terms of finding places and ways to uh, to articulate common ground for the common good. Amen. Yeah. Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I really want to dig around um, in the AND campaign's 2020 presidential election statement. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it is posted online because I'm looking at it at andcampaign.org backslash 2020. If you guys want to read it with us, that's where we're headed next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continuing my conversation with Justin Gibney from the AND campaign, you can check out what we are talking about right now at andcampaign.org backslash 2020. All right. I know it doesn't uh, officially like release to I don't know how to all pundits across everywhere um, for about another hour. However, it's already posted, so I feel free to point people to it. I hope that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Am I, am I in trouble already? No, you're, because, you're good. Okay, you're good. all right. Okay, so I want to read the first paragraph because, and this is the preamble. Let me just go ahead and say to folks, it's a couple of pages long. It deals substantively with um, with the issues that face us socially as uh, and economically as a country. 
Here's the preamble. The upcoming presidential election marks a significant decision point for our nation. This moral moment requires principled conviction from politicians, but even more so from the American people. Christians have a particular obligation to provide this moral leadership. No candidate will be perfect, but Christians can hold both parties accountable to a vision for the common good that is not fully represented in either party platform. All right, that is um, beautifully said and so right. Like we as Christians have a moral responsibility in the conversations of the day, in the political conversations of the day, in the upcoming 2020 presidential cycle. How is it that we as Christians can um, engage in a way that seeks common ground for the common good? Yeah, I, I think it starts with being willing to speak, but also, um, you know, being informed and knowing who you are and what you're trying to represent. Uh, one of the reasons that we uh, made this statement and thought this statement was important is I, I've been in Acts uh, uh, quite a bit. And in Acts 4 and 5, we see, you know, the apostles go before the Sanhedrin and they're told not to speak or to teach in the name of Jesus. Um, and I think sometimes that's kind of what happens to us in, in politics, right? One, one, you know, we're told not to say certain things that have to do with our religion or really to tell the truth. And when we look at the life of Jesus, you know, one of the things that we see is it was marked by this compassion and this conviction, having compassion for those who others around him would never have compassion for, but also having the conviction to hold even those people to a standard and say, no, this is the truth. And this is how, you know, and this is how moral order should look. And so we really wanted to speak into the space because we think in a lot of instances, and we meet a lot of Christians who feel like when it comes to the political left, that they're uh, unrepresented. And when it comes to the political right, that they're misrepresented. Uh, we wanted to put this out there to be a, a real representation of Christians who are willing to transcend the partisanship, uh, transcend the, the uh, tribalism, and really speak to uh, the compassion and the conviction of Christ. And that doesn't mean that people have to agree with every issue that we picked up. It's, it's fairly uh, broad how we talk about different things. But there should be an element of compassion and conviction in what you do, and that's what we were trying to uh, display. I'm going to read a, a line and just let you uh, amplify it. We know that both our faith and the demands of citizenship require we bring our full selves to the project of self-governance. That's right. You know, one of the most misunderstood uh, concepts is this concept of the separation between church and state. Uh, I, I've had people in church, so you, you know outside of church people kind of feel like, hey, that means that Christians shouldn't talk about uh, their faith or any of that stuff in the public square. I've had Christians basically tell me that, too, in, in some instances, and that's just not what it means. Everyone, everyone in America is able to bring their full selves. Uh, laws are based on values. And so it, it is ridiculous to say some, that somebody can't bring their values to the public square, to the political conversation. And so we're saying just like anyone else, just like non-believers or whoever else you're talking about, Christians, too, should bring their beliefs to the fore, to the conversation. And it should have an impact on what they say, what they do and how they vote. OK, and again, I am reading from a statement posted at andcampaign.org backslash 2020. It is the 2020 presidential election election statement by the AND campaign. It already has lots of signatories. 
Um, and here is, uh, here is a line in the third paragraph of the preamble. We have a spiritual responsibility as followers of Jesus to seek common ground and the common good. Talk with us about common ground um, across party lines. You know, when, when we're talking about Christian witness and we're talking about um, Christian conviction, uh, talk with us about common ground and then talk with us about common good. Yeah, absolutely. So too often, I think Christians come into uh, political conversations and we're focused on Christian self-interest. We're focused on winning the conversation. And, and I don't I don't know that that's primarily why Christians should engage politics. I think Christians should engage politics primarily to promote human flourishing, uh, to love our neighbors in an, in an active way, uh, to look after their well-being. And if that's what we're trying to do, then even with people that we disagree with, we should be trying to f- find common ground. We should be trying to say, look, you, you, know, you care about your children. I care about my children. Let's make sure that we're providing them you know, with opportunities and uh, with an education. What can we, you know, where can we see eye to eye? Because what our political landscape is missing the most right now is the ability to find common ground, to even have a real conversation. You can't have a real conversation if there's no common ground. And when you get common ground, the next thing you're seeking is the common good, not my good, not your good, but how can we uh, benefit everyone? And I think our our form of government and the way that we do things provides us with that opportunity. The problem is right now is that the culture within our politics, the um, so much of the things that are going on go against the civility and all those things that allow us to find the common good and find the common ground. And it's incumbent upon Christians to, to rise above that and, and seek those two goods. Again, talking with Justin Gibney from the AND campaign. Justin, when we get down into um, some of the weeds, you, it feels a little bit partisan, um, not, because, uh, of, not because I disagree, but because I am inclined to defensiveness. Sure. sure. Right? I mean, right. Right. I mean, I mean it's just yeah. like sort of the confessional statement here. Right. There is not anything in the substance of which uh, I disagree, but I am I am prone toward a defensive reaction. Can you help me? Yeah, I, I push back on that a little bit. I mean, uh, we think it's so we you know, we actually have people who vote Democrat, who vote Republican, who, who consider themselves independents, who have already signed it. And so when you look at things like our statement about abortion, you know, you're not going to find too many people in the Democratic Party or the Democratic Party itself who's going to take the stance on abortion that we took. Uh, even when it comes for to the Fairness for All Act, when we're talking about religious liberty and LGBTQ rights, I mean, the House of Representatives uh, has already passed the Equality Act, which is something very different than the Fairness for All Act. And so I would push back on the fact that it is partisan, but it, it certainly uh, touches on issues that I think challenge both sides. And I think that both sides would have to, you know, we would like both sides to respond to because I think it would stretch them and at least force them to address things in a way that they had. And that's what we're, what we're really trying to show. We're trying to say, hey, folks on the right, criminal justice, all these other things that we talk about, poverty are important. Immigration is important. How are you going to address it? And then to the left, we're saying, hey, Abortion is not a social good. It's not something that we should be promoting. Uh, we should care about religious liberty. That's kind of the point of this is that it's transcending the partisan. Uh, I think it's transcending the, the, the partisan lines and getting to things that we think are just convictional for Christians. 
It's so good. Um, I, I appreciate it genuinely. Um, I think that it helps me find a footing in conversation. It helps me um, have some not just talking points, but some points at which I can really reflect and say, this is this is my heart related to poverty. This is my heart related to immigration. And these are places where, you know, the, the, the party that I have historically aligned myself with gets it wrong. Um, and then to be able to say, huh, there are folks who might ordinarily vote as uh, as Democrats um, who whose heart is where my heart is on the issue of abortion, whose heart is where my heart is um, on the issue of human identity. Um, and so thank you. It's um, it's really good. It's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful conversation starter. And I hope that uh, it gets uh, gets really, really, really broad coverage, not only today, but in the 2020 presidential cycle. Justin Gibney from the AND Campaign, thank you so much. You guys can grab this at andcampaign.org backslash 2020. Justin, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you to those of you who are uh, communicating with me on our text line. That is 877-933-2484. For those of you who want to reflect or engage or ask a question, it's a good place to do so. 877-933-2484. All right. I will tell you that in my family, the next conversation is probably the one about which there has been the most excitement and enthusiasm. And so even though ordinarily my grandchildren are not listening to the morning show, they are today because up next is Randall Goodgame. And they love Doug the Slug, and they want to hear more about him. So Randall Goodgame is going to be here to talk with us about slugs and bugs, the books, the new uh, TV show, all kinds of stuff. I have questions for him that are not on the publicity sheet because they are hot off the hearts of Emma and Evelyn and Decker. So my four, five, and six-year-old grandkids have written the questions for my next interview with Randall Goodgame up next here on Mornings with Carmen. When a teen starts spiraling out of control, parents are often at a complete loss for what to do. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Before you can address any problem, you need to understand what's causing it. So if your teen is struggling, don't be afraid to ask questions. Try getting to the root cause. If your teen isn't willing to talk, do a little investigation. Talk to his teachers and coaches, his youth leaders and friends. See if they have any insights into what's causing the change in behavior. And in the meantime, take comfort in knowing that these painful trials aren't wasted. Mom, Dad, don't give up the fight. Your love, your investment will be worth it all. Want more help from Mark Gregston? Find books and other resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org or search for Parenting Today's Teens in your favorite app store. God made slugs and bugs and rats and bats and nasty bees that don't say please. They'll sting your elbows and your knees if you chase them. God made snakes and snails and killer whales. And if you All right, there's no question that the listenership during this particular conversation is going to go up. So let me just go ahead and say good morning to Evelyn and to Emma and to Decker, who I know are listening right now to Grandma Carmen. Have a conversation with Randall Goodgame, your friend from the Slugs and Bugs Workshop. Randall, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. 
Hello. Thank you, Carmen. And uh, so hello to your grandchildren out there in Radioland. So uh, September 27th, I will tell you, was a big day in our family because it is the day that uh, beloved characters in books, beloved characters in songs that my that my grandbabies uh, hum along as they live their lives uh, came to life for them in the Slugs and Bugs show. And what for many of us was this great experience of like Mr. Rogers neighborhood 100 years ago when we were kids <laughs> is now alive for a new generation of kids in um in slugs and bugs workshop so first of all just introduce people to the slugs and bugs show and then you might have to introduce them to doug the slug okay sure well thank you oh i'm so thrilled that your family has been watching and enjoying the slugs and bugs show oh yes it, and it, i have questions for you from them in just a minute Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, so really quickly, it um, was the culmination of a few years of work and vision and dreaming through uh, with myself and uh, Chris Wall, who's the producer of a lot of VeggieTales videos in years gone by. Um, and we just wanted to bring the themes and the, uh, the creativity and the characters from the Slugs and Bugs world that had been created through music onto the screen. So there are 13 episodes, so there's 22 minutes or so each episode. And it's me, I'm the, the host, and then I got my the gang of, uh, of Muppety Puppety friends, uh, Doug the Slug, um, Sparky the Lightning Bug, Maggie and Morty Raccoon. They hang out and get into trouble and uh, and all the different kinds of things that friends and kids do. And then we have a special guest that shows up every different, uh, a different guest that shows up each episode. Usually one of my friends, artists, pastors, uh, authors, somebody from Nashville or around. And uh, the whole goal of the show is to model discipleship, to show what life looks like when you're just walking down the road, hanging out with friends, um, getting getting your hands dirty with life, but also remembering that Christ is our source for life and joy in the midst of all of it. So that's my little uh, 90 seconds summary. What do you think? <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. I love it. Um, it's a really wonderful collaborative effort. You have, uh, you have testified to that. I will let you know that according to at least one member of my family, um, Amy is the star um, so you can you can pass that along to her. Um, okay, so here are uh, here's a question from Evelyn. Um, she wants to know, and she doesn't ask it as an if question. She asks it as a when question. So I'm just <laughs> warning you in advance. Evelyn wants to know okay. when is there going to be a Christmas show? Ooh, well, that's a great question, Evelyn. Because and she I'm has sure... a yeah, she has a song in mind. Do you know what what Slugs and Bugs song she might have in mind when she's thinking yeah. about a Christmas show? I can't imagine. Oh, okay. Which, well, which... I'll I'll be sure and ask her and follow up because I don't know because I didn't ask either. Oh, okay. See, I'm in trouble. I should have had her in studio this morning. Okay, so I'm here sure is that we will have it. Yeah, see exactly. I'm she sure needs some be... thematic shows in the next season. <laughs> yes. I'm sure we'll have a Christmas show down the road. So thanks for asking about that, Evelyn. Okay. And then here is Evelyn's big concern. Uh, this comes from actually one of the books. So this comes from um, Are We Still Friends? And Evelyn is very concerned uh, about what she describes as the honesty issues of one character in the book. Um, she was deeply yeah. troubled that someone was described as a friend, but then lied. Yes. 
And that is that that is troubling, and that just shows that Evelyn has a strong conscience. Um, But as she continues to grow and walk around in the world and life, I think she will probably run into the same kind of situation that Doug ran into and that we all run into, which is sometimes um, you – uh, you get stuck in a position where the right thing to do is a very hard thing to do. And sometimes we don't do the hard thing. And when, when, uh, um, when the choices are – when you put under pressure and when you're not sure what the right thing to do is. And if you remember in the story uh, for your listeners, um, Doug the slug has accidentally – eaten all of Sparky's chips and he feels so bad about it. He knows how much Sparky loves his chips. He doesn't want to admit that he did it. So he lies. Um, and eventually he, he has to admit what he, what he did. And, uh, the Sparky has to decide whether or not to forgive him. Um, so I understand her, her concern, but as she grows, Carmen, I'm sure you can testify to as her grandmother <laughs> very often in this great life we're living that the Lord has given us, we have uh, options to do the right and wrong thing, and sometimes we choose wrongly. So I'm and talking with is- Randall. Yeah, he is. He's so great. I'm talking right. with Randall. Good game. We're talking about slugs and bugs. You can check out everything we're talking about, the books, the show, um, even live events at slugsandbugs.com. Um, when we come back, uh, Randall and I are going to continue this conversation. We'll be right back. Harkey children everywhere. Yeah, there's a secret silent prayer. You don't have to say a thing. Just listen for the King of Kings. Stop. Christ is speaking. Stop. All right. Continuing my conversation with Randall. Good game. We're talking about the slugs and bugs show it is has 13 episodes you can check it out at slugsandbugs.com um now randall this may be something that never occurred to you guys or maybe it did but i thought that i would pass this along as an affirmation um we have some allergies in our family and different people have different allergies and so anytime that uh there's a sensitivity to the fact that uh that Doug the slug cannot have salt. It is this wonderful <laughs> affirmation that we sometimes have unique things about us that other people can have that we can't have. And uh, and so I will say that when, Slu- when uh, Doug ate the chips, there was um, concern. They must have been unsalted. That, wow, that is very perceptive of you and your crew. <laughs> yes. yes. They must have been unsalted for sure, because Doug would have shriveled up had there had they been very salty. Uh, well, so it's that just is a such wonderful a observation, it, right? It's a wonderful observation, and you and I, if we're not allergic to something, we may not. That just might not be something that we would ever think of. But for kids who, oh, I can't have that, or they have to ask, does that have a peanut in it, or whatever? Um, there is this, uh, there is this, wow, nearness to Doug. Because Doug, it's really dangerous. Salt is really dangerous for him. And, you know, peanuts are really dangerous for Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is really uh, – that's, uh, that's, you know, it's the first time anyone has brought that up. Um, we did think of it, and there were some other issues, other, other episodes where allergies came up. But um, the Doug's need to stay away from salt is really that's a powerful connection for your for your granddaughter. How fun to 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 realize! I'm sure we'll make more of that in the future. 
you know, the LaBerge and the Lake family is really just here to help any way we can. Um, so, <laughs> so, so here's a compliment. Already. Yeah, so here's a compliment from uh, Rebecca. She is uh, Emma and Evelyn's mom. Um, a couple of observations. First of all, she um, she wants you to know that the these can be playing over and over and over again. And as a parent, she never grows tired of it. I think that is a huge compliment because I think there's sometimes that things that are designed for children um, become really grating on those of us who are adults. And that is not that's just not true um, of the Slugs and Bugs show. Wow. And that is such a great compliment and an affirmation for exactly what we were going for. I mean, we ha I have kids. All of everybody that worked on the show has kids. Um, and all of us were really deeply committed to creating something that we would want to watch and would be excited about having on and letting our kids watch again and again. Because if you've had kids, you know they they don't like to just watch something one time or listen to something one time. Part of the nature of being a kid is like, let's do it again. Let's watch it again. And so knowing that, we just try to build in as much just different layers of humor and creativity and just making the production excellent, the set design excellent, um, the the ways we work our work our way into conversations about faith and and artistry and uh, friendship, all those things, we try to make them simple enough um, that they are worth hearing over and over, but not so too another... simple. Sorry, no, it's not. not. No, it's it's delightful. Yeah, thank you. So another compliment. Um, sometimes when we order products that are designed for kids, um, uh, not everybody thinks that what I really need is not the physical uh, DVD. I really need to be able to access it via streaming, especially for all the ways that we uh, engage today um, with technology. And so a big, big, big thank you from Rebecca to you. Um, who says, in the past, I've bought DVDs over and over and over again because they got chewed up or they fell victim to some other unknown destructive force in my house. So when you talk to Randall, thank him for the digital copy, for the streaming technology. It's a real gift to a family like ours. Yay. Thank you. Oh, it's just so rewarding to hear. That was a big, you know, these days, uh, I mean, I'm, our family is Exhibit A. We, we consume a lot of media through streaming, so we wanted to make it available that way. And, of course, if, you know, for, those, for folks that do still want to play things through their DVD player, the, we have the box set, and they can buy the DVD. But, but slugsandbugs.com has the uh, streaming available. Oh, and um, if your listeners out there are members of Right Now Media subscription service, they also stream it, um, stream all 13 episodes of season one. Oh, really? See, that's cool. I didn't know that. All right, I'm writing yeah, that down. Right now, yeah. They were a production partner with us to help us fund and um, and release uh, Sing the Bible 1. We couldn't have done it. I'm sorry, not Sing the Bible 1. Uh, Slugs and Bugs show season 1, so we, we definitely couldn't have done it without them. So it's up there on their streaming service right now. So for those of you who are not familiar with Right Now Media, you should check with your church because your church may have a subscription. And if your church has a subscription um, it may extend to you. So check that out as well with the children's ministry at your church right now, media. Um, I didn't know that. That's really cool to know. Okay, this is a tremendously collaborative effort. I saw some friends uh, who I go to church with, Ben Shive and Russell Moore, in some of the episodes. Really, really fun cast of characters in the show. 
Um, and when when you have something that kids want to watch over and over and over again, you have touched on something um, that is is pretty special because there is plenty of stuff. Let me just tell you, Evelyn doesn't even want me to finish reading, let alone she doesn't want to watch it a second time. And so talk about the way you speak to a child's heart, not just, um, you know, teaching them something, but really capturing their imagination. Wow. Well, I think for me, it starts out with being honest with them, um, which means also kind of being honest with myself. Very often with kids, parents and adult figures, we feel like we have to present ourselves as the fountain of all knowledge and wisdom. So then we we, we wind up accidentally talking down to them and in, acting as if we're sort of this talking head informant that that is the uh, the source of all wisdom and reason. And what I try to do is um, reflect what how I really believe about what what relationships are like with kids is yeah, I have more experience in the world with them, but I still have a lot to learn and very often they they are the ones that teach me. you know just I think about the the three three out of four gospels Jesus says to his disciples that we can't come into the kingdom unless we um, come like a child. And so he's talking to adults when he says that. Um, so presumably the adults have to look at children and say, what are, what are they like that I've forgotten about? So um, hopefully what you're seeing is just a, a respect for kids and what they bring to the kingdom. And then so that when we, when we relate to each other, we talk on as not necessarily as peers, but with a mutual, mutual, a mutual, sorry, respect. And I think that also helps me to to engage on their level with humor um, and uh, with grace. Kids are so quick to forgive. They're so full of grace. And I think hopefully that rubs off on me and on the on the characters. Um, and I'm glad that you your your grandkids uh, mentioned Amy as one of their favorites for your listeners out there. Amy is my wife. She is the uh, she plays lots of different roles on the on. The she brings snacks show. and cupcakes. Yes, snacks, <laughs> cupcakes, monkey bread, um, and she also plays the mail carrier and the electrical worker and the oh, doctor. Oh yes, she has different voices. She's quite talented. I'm telling you, they're a big fan of Amy. Thank you. You know, it's really fun for us for for me to have that that aspect of her uh, her giftedness to be able to show up and part of the. Part of the inspiration behind it was, of course, she shows up as herself. She's my wife. But then she also uh, had, wears all these different other hats that um, are pretty obviously her on the show. And that's a little bit of a nod to how moms wear every hat. They they are the taxi driver. They are the delivery person. They are the chef. They are the doctor. So uh, in, su- in a subtle way, that's – that's what Amy, in a in a humorous way, with all of her different voices and and wigs, is uh, modeling. So fun, Randall. Good game. Thank you so much. Uh, we we just look forward to more and more. It's slugsandbugs.com. You guys can go there and check it out. Randall, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much, Carmen. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
All right. Uh, the Slugs and Bugs workshop is really genuinely fun. And let me invite you into it as well uh, with your family. All right. We, uh, we are out of time today. Wow. Um, hats off today. Uh, big salute to Paul Perot. What a show, man. Thank you so much for lining up. Such excellent guests every day for us to talk with. You're there, aren't you? He's there, right? Paul? Yeah, I'm here. Do you <laughs> I'm talking just, to Randall Are you just embarrassed that, I'm, 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 that here. I'm just complimenting you uh, and saying thank you? You did. This is a oh. this is a great show. Well, you're welcome. I was talking to Randall, saying goodbye to him. So sorry, oh, sorry. you know. Sorry. Hey, Bye, we got to we got to honor our guests. You know, they they do oh, a great no, job. That's absolutely true. So we want to honor our guests. We want to honor our listeners. Thank you to each and every one of you. Um, it's just such a joy and a pleasure to do this every single day. Um, share today's show with someone else who might enjoy one of the conversations that we had today on Mornings with Carmen. You can get it at MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.